Hey, do you teach yoga? Have you ever trained to lead yoga classes to be a yoga therapist? Have you ever owned a yoga studio? Maybe even just wondered what it was like for the women and men up there in front of the room on their mats, leading you through endless Surya Namaskars, down dogs, and pranayamas galore? Well, these are their stories and mine. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, a 20-year yoga teacher, 10-year yoga therapist, yoga studio owner, and co-founder of a yoga-focused nonprofit. I've done a lot in the yoga world over the last 20 years, pretty much everything except had a water cooler. You know, a place to share stories, talk about struggles, successes, and find other people who do the same thing that I do. Welcome to Working in Yoga, a podcast and substitute water cooler for yoga folks to connect and build community, to share our unique profession, our challenges, and our journeys with the world. Hey friends, welcome to Working in Yoga. This week is a solo episode for me talking about one of my favorite things, leadership. I honestly think that skillful leaders are hard to find in any industry, in part because leadership is difficult. It is hard to stand up, hard to take accountability and responsibility first, and risk being unpopular in the face of challenging decisions. And there has been no leadership training in the yoga industry for most of us. We often aren't equipped to think in terms of leadership, and that makes the discussion more fraught than usual. But I believe in us. I believe that we can do it. We can talk about leadership without throwing giant rocks based on popularity and groupthink. I know we can. Now, before we get started, will you do me a favor? Will you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening? And if you want to know more about my thoughts on the episode's each week, consider subscribing to my newsletter. It comes out weekly, and starting this week, I'm adding research articles about the yoga industry when I find them, and I think they'll be interesting for you all. The link for my newsletters is in the show notes. You might have heard we're facing a recession, right? It's one of those things that seems both highly talked about and also very hushed. Are we in a recession? What about the recession that happened during COVID? How much longer does the yoga industry need to be facing the reality that sales are slower than we want because people's financial position is unstable? And where the hell are our leaders in all this? This is something I want to talk about today on the podcast. What does leadership look like for us? Leadership is a topic that we rarely talk about in the yoga industry space. We talk a lot about teachers and what it means to be a good teacher, but does a good teacher mean that they're also a good leader? Let's discuss. This is one of the core things I've been asking myself about the yoga industry for the last six years. What does our leadership do? Who are they? And are they effective? This is an interesting question to ask while also participating in a wholly unregulated industry. We have very basic standards of conduct based on where in the world we are located, but on the whole, there are no universal standards and practices that we all adhere to as yoga professionals. Do you want to know how I know this? Because Bikram Chowdhury still teaches under the title yoga teacher a man who has an $8 million arrest warrant out for him due to sexual misconduct within the role of teaching yoga students. 
and there will be more about that on the next podcast. But for now, as I said, we have no universal standards, but we do, good, bad, or otherwise, have an organization that can claim leadership within the yoga industry, the Yoga Alliance. So I thought it prudent to go through some basic tenets of leadership and see what we might need from leaders in the yoga industry right now and going forward into the future. Now, I will say this right off the bat, especially because it's me. This is not an episode where I pick apart the Yoga Alliance. While I absolutely reference my thoughts about them as the de facto leader of our industry, I think there are some bigger questions we need to be asking ourselves as yoga professionals. Essentially, the who, what, and when. Who do we look for in leadership within the industry? What does leadership need to be for us? And when is overall leadership needed? Now, before we really get started in the who, what, and when of this, I want us to all have one base level of understanding. And this is part of my thinking about yoga and the yoga industry in the West, specifically over the last, let's say, five or six decades. I'm going to talk about something that I really feel like we need to acknowledge, and that is that, and that is some of our more recent Western history of yoga as a practice and as an industry, so that we can trace this directly to why this conversation about leadership is so damn uncomfortable for us. It needs to be said that much of our recent history as yoga teachers in the West lies directly in 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s counterculture. For a very long time, we were teaching yoga in church basements, community centers, warehouses, backrooms of other businesses, the backs of coffee shops, and if you were me, you were teaching in a space where livestock auctions were held. And that was not all that long ago. In fact, I can say without a doubt that if yoga was not very directly linked to counterculture activities in the 60s through the 90s, I personally would have never found my way here. I sometimes will look for younger versions of myself in the yoga spaces I'm in today, and I wonder if she would ever come here. Would she think that it was all a little too polished, too exclusive for the cost? If she was in pain, like I actually was when I started yoga at 19, she might have come anyway. But probably she would have found some other movement modality to fill her need for pain management. Consequently, it should be unsurprising that an entire industry of people who felt safe in those 90s yoga spaces that were definitely linked with counterculture built an entire industry that now actively pushes away unified leadership and accountability. Of course we do. And today we can find 10,000 plus very intellectual reasons why leadership isn't for us. The cultural appropriation of it all. The who defines yoga man-ness of everything. The fact that we don't practice in a unified way. The commodification, the abuse, the poverty level wages. So many things have us turning our back on the idea of leadership. And I'm going to be honest, they're all just excuses, I think, as we substantiate one fact that we all see, creating an industry, profession, and leadership base that supports, nourishes, and represents all of us will be incredibly difficult. And on the whole, I think we're a sensitive group of folks who've come to yoga 
seeking help with trauma challenges, and so many other reasons why this magical practice is our passion. So it's difficult to find a group of people who are willing to both A, step up confidently and competently, and B, are willing to include people they don't agree with in their overall vision of the industry. It seems honestly like this is a pretty cultural problem right now, so I don't blame us. But we have to acknowledge a problem before we can solve it. So let's start by really digging into the who, what, and when of leadership together here on this podcast, and we'll see where we end up. Let's start with the who. Who do we think of as leaders in the yoga practice? Who do we look for as leaders in our yoga spaces? I think the answer for this is pretty unfortunate, but also very indicative of our current times. We are often looking to those who are able to gain traction and popularity online. The social media stars, the YouTube giants, the quote-unquote big-name traveling yoga teachers. We look to people who have an audience to then also have a purpose and a mission to go along with their voice. But how is that serving us? Do we trust those popular people to also have the skill set and mind to lead our industry as a whole? I don't know that I do. I do know this. I have been lucky enough to interact with quite a few yoga celebrities throughout my years as a yoga professional. They are on the whole incredibly lovely people and smart and they have worked very hard to build their businesses and are passionate about yoga as a practice and a discipline. But skillful marketers are not skillful leaders, and skillful teachers are also not necessarily skillful leaders. Full stop. Some of the skill set overlaps, but a lot of it does not. Should we be trusting the people who got famous from Instagram or a Facebook group? And in my opinion, there are a lot of those folks in particular who have impact and sway disproportionate to their leadership skills within our industry. Should we be trusting them with the future of our entire industry? Especially since we have been challenged so much in the last three years. What do you think? Honestly, tell me in the comments. You can go to my website, workinginyoga.com, to the contact page, or hit reply to my newsletter. I am sincerely curious to who you are looking for as leaders within the yoga industry. Let's move on to the what. What does leadership look like for us? I've done many a workshop on leadership skills, especially for yoga studio owners. And I know this is something that I personally am always working on to improve. But what does leadership look like? So in this case, I'm going to use a metaphor. And what I want you to do is to consider that all of us in the yoga industry are on a ship a ship in the ocean, a ship that is flowing with the ebbs and the flows of the tide. In fact, close your eyes. Imagine yourself and all of your yoga teacher besties on this ship. There's probably some really great food. There's daily yoga asana sessions, journaling time, maybe more crystals than is likely safe to be on such a small ship. 
I really want you to, for the next moment or two, put yourself there on the ship with all of your favorite yoga industry friends. And then I want you to look at the wheel, the helm of that ship. Who's steering? Okay, so don't panic. (laughs) You aren't actually on a ship. You're safe. And also, in your fantasy, is anyone actually driving the ship? How many people are there up at the helm? Because I'm going to suggest that if you said in your head, everyone is driving the ship or no one is driving the ship, both are equally really dangerous. We need people steering our ship and looking out for the best interests of us as an industry. Seriously, y'all, do you know what happens if you get scurvy? That's in the show notes. We need someone or an organization of someone's at the helm. We need a captain who we feel confident in that they're doing and acting in our best interests, that they are trying to get us to shore. And I am going to argue that we don't have a full-time captain. Right now, we have a couple of reluctant first mates, honestly, with no, but nobody with the training experience or in the industry to support us to get us to shore. So we flounder. We struggle with wages, employment, and appropriate business boundaries, just to name a few things. We are missing the person or organization who is willing to stand up, be unpopular, and say, for example, hey, hot yoga, you need to clean up the floor. You've got a mess over there. No, I don't care that you didn't make that mess. Clean it up. It's in your section, for example. The what we need from leadership is a captain, a guide, a body that exists to protect and provide the best for us, and a body that we, the yoga industry people, believe in. So let me ask you, do we have that yet? Now, to the tricky when. When do we need a leader to step in? Should they just be on the sidelines until we call for them? Should they be involved in every little everything? I'm going to stick with a boat metaphor because we're already there and we're on our yoga industry boat. And I'm going to ask you, have you ever seen a boat without a captain? For that matter, have you ever seen a successful team, sports team of any time, of any kind that doesn't have a skillful coach? We need organized leadership as a group that is unafraid to do exactly that, to lead. Now, it doesn't mean that they control all of yoga. We already know that isn't possible. They're not going to control every single facet of our lives, but they need to help steer us all collectively in the same direction. We do need somebody calling the shots of appropriate behavior, steering the industry towards the island where more of us can thrive, and it's a little less cutthroat. We need leadership that provides more than just a website and continuing education. This is, in my opinion, where the Yoga Alliance really fails us. I think the who and the what could be coached for them. They could be iterated. They could change within the current system to be a more nurturing and skillful leadership organization. But all of that doesn't matter. All the intention, foresight, resources, and bylaws in the world will not make an organization ready to lead if they are afraid to do so. That is what I see happening in 2023 with the Yoga Alliance. I don't think all hope is lost, believe it or not. I really don't. 
But it is if we cannot rely on our one major yoga organization to stand up and lead us through tough times, and sometimes with unpopular opinions, because that's what leaders do. They lead no matter what. They eat last, as Simon Sinek says. They do what they can at the sacrifice for themselves in order to support the common good of the greater group. And that is the honor and the cost of leadership. And with no statement coming from the Yoga Alliance on the fact that a convicted predator still teaches yoga publicly out in the world, and that person committed a crime within the context of being a yoga teacher, well, that's unexcusable. There is no greater accountability for the studios that are funneling women into the teacher trainings, knowing full well that when they go there, they're at risk. That is a dangerous situation for them. Well, you can tell me how many of yoga's living philosophical principles that goes against if we continue to allow this to happen. We are in desperate need of more skillful leadership. And now is the time for us to all come together and ask for better. Thanks for listening. Here are the key takeaways from this episode. Ships need captains. We need that person or organization who is looking out for our best interests, even if they are sometimes unpopular with the masses. No amount of insisting that yoga is a spiritual practice will get around the fact that tens of billions of dollars every year are being funneled through our industry. We absolutely are an industry. The U.S. holding 10,000 plus yoga studios and 14 plus thousand yoga teachers alone. This is enough money channeling through our spaces that we need to discuss who leads us as an industry because we are one and we need to be responsible about how we're behaving. Number three, counterculture blood runs deep in the veins of Western yoga spaces. It shouldn't be surprising that we buck up against the idea of greater regulation and leadership. And lastly, keeping our participants safe and well should be our number one priority. And while it may seem daunting in the face of the idea that leadership is needed, putting our heads in the sands doesn't make this any easier. Thanks again for listening. Next week is going to be a replay of a live podcast that I did with Shannon Crow and Colin Hall in regards to all of us organizing against Bikram coming to teach in Canada. That has been replayed on Shannon's podcast, the Connected Yoga Teacher podcast, and I'm taking the opportunity while talking about leadership to repost that here. So stay tuned. I'll see you next week.